place away from us. We have a God who looks at us and loves us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Danny, should we take our seats and welcome Danny, who's going to share? Yes, yes, better now. Very good morning. It's my privilege to be here with you this morning, sharing the scriptures with you. I want to invite you to open or to switch on your Bibles in John chapter 13. So good to be back. It's my first preaching after this long time in Brazil. I'm relearning English. You'll be a good fun. Um, this morning it was funny because I was in Brazil in December preaching in my mother tongue in Portuguese and for me it was weird as well it was strange to preach in my language again and now switching off uh, switching back to English John chapter 13 we are starting today this new series from it's a journey from John 13 until 17 if you are watching on YouTube, God bless you, your family. I hope that God can speak to you uh, this morning as well. And, and this block of chapters, they are very, very, very beautiful, full of amazing lessons and teachings to our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love when we speak with us. Only your Holy Spirit can speak to our hearts. You know everything about us, and you still love us. We have expectations about your voice, about your holy uh, scriptures and your word this morning. So speak with me, speak with your church, bring our minds, Holy Spirit, under your obedience this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, I rebuke every distraction now. We want to be open to listen to you, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Uh, so John 13, we're going to read in a few minutes, is a long uh, text that we're going to read. Um, then this text will not appear on the screen because we don't have space, but we, we read together. Now, just to let you know, John 13 until 17, it's amazing because, you see, in John 13, is Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And then... He predicts his betrayal. He predicts that Peter's uh, denial of him. And 14, Jesus comforts his disciples. There's a beautiful text on 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. It's amazing. Jesus, the way to the Father. And then he teaches about the Holy Spirit, promises about the Holy Spirit on 14. And 15, it's amazing. He talks about the vine and the branches. Amazing text. And he talks about the world hating the disciples. Yes, uh, no news. If you're a disciple of Jesus, the world will hate you and what you carry inside of you. The work of the Holy Spirit as well. On 16, uh, the disciples' grief will turn to joy. In 17, Jesus prays uh, to be glorified, pray for his disciples. In 18, he's arrested. You see, this block between 13 and 17 is the very end of his ministry, is when Jesus is uh, uh, moving uh, and, and going towards the cross. He's facing the cross. 
So everything that we are going to read today is just before the cross, the big moment of the cross. Now, usually in January, we start to make plans or December for the new year. And we are starting already in February. Maybe this is good or bad for you. Oh, it's the second month already. But last year, I was checking yesterday. I have a, lots of notebooks and papers. I was checking my notes from last year. And I saw, I went in some leadership meetings, conferences. And I don't know, maybe you saw on your Instagram. Everything is about leadership. Everybody wants to teach something to you all the time. So everything is about to lead, to be a boss. Or it's a leadership. Conferences, meetings, books. Every bookshop, you go for bookstores and have leadership sessions. And, and, and there's great stuff over there. So have all these lead, leadership conference, leadership, uh, how to be a leader in 10 steps, or all these teachings around us. Everything is about leadership. Nobody glamorizes serving. Everybody wants to be a leader. Um, but I do believe that sometimes leadership could be, well, let me come back for all of uh, Come back. Uh, spoiler. No, yeah, this one. Yeah. I don't know if it's right, right, but leadership can become the growing subtle lust for power. Power is sexy. It's attractive. It's seductive. When I'm a leader, when I'm on the stage, when I have influence... Uh, and, and, and very often, power comes with money together, depending on the, the environment and the circumstances. Sometimes a leader can start with a very good, healthy heart, but then when his, those who are under his commands or his order or uh, those who are under him or her, when this group is growing, 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 mm, comes the power. We have lots of histories about ministries. They start really well. And they become powerful and big. And that main leader now is a different person. Because not only about leadership, it's about power. From politics to pulpits, to companies, to families. We have a big discussion today about who is the boss in the household. Who leads the family? Who is the, the leader? Who has the power? And what you are seeing today is even the children are giving orders to the parents as well. They decide where they're going to spend holidays, where they're going to eat, and everybody wants to have some kind of power, some degree of power and influence and leadership. This is, is isn't very deep in our hearts. In companies, you have everybody wants to be a supervisor, manager, and have all the steps of the company. And, and, and in school, you, you want to lead your group at school or in the sports games and everything. Everybody wants to be in the front line. We have even t-shirts, I am the boss, or the mugs, the best boss ever. And we have all these jokes and everything about to be a leader and to be a boss. Now, the thirst for power didn't start with men. It started with Satan. He was an angel with some degree of power, but he wasn't satisfied. Now, let's read what happened with him. In Isaiah chapter 14, we have this text. How 
<clears throat> How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the door. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, now, the Bible text, you start to explain what Satan was feeling in his heart in heaven. And this is was in his mind. I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost highest of the Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. You see, you have five times here the words I will. One, two, three, four, five. Five here in the bottom. Five times. He's not satisfied. He wants to be famous, and he wants to have money, and he wants to achieve some kind of target that was in his heart. He has a dream, and then the next dream, and then the next dream, you know. He's addicted in something more, in variety, and the next level, next level, next level. He's always pursuing power and authority. Now, the text that we are going to read now is the antithesis, is the very opposite of this. Is about to be a servant. We understand in our culture that to serve is to be weak. To serve is to be inferior. Let's read the text. John chapter 13 is not coming to our screen. I'm going to read with you. I'll punish you with my, punish you with my accent now. From verse 1 until verse 14. Wow. Okay. You help me. Okay. So. John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew, I love this word, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loves them to the end. Even knowing who I am, he loved until the end. Verse 2. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon's chariot, to betray Jesus. Look, the atmosphere, the environment of this last supper, communion or meal around the table wasn't nice, wasn't happy. <laughs> the Satan was filled someone's heart in the same table and they were eating together verse 3 Jesus knew again that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God so he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing maybe in another uh, interpretations or Bible says he laid aside his garments and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured out water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he was wrapped around him. So he washed James, John, Judas, and then comes Peter. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, 
Are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, verse 7, Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter. So funny. <laughs> When we, we want to give orders to Jesus. I want you, God, to work in my life on my own terms. No, you are wrong, God. I'm right. <laughs> It's funny how Peter, he doesn't have any internal voice. It's just... Just external all the time. No, said Peter, verse 8. You shall never wash my feet. Unless, uh, and Jesus uh, gave the answer. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Whoa. Well, okay. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied. And then he goes to another extreme. Do not, uh, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered. Those who have a bath, <clears throat> those who have had a bath, need only to wash their feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean. Don't every one of you. For he knew, again he knew, who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put Uh, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and right, rightly so, for that is what, <clears throat> is what I am. Now that I'm, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Amen. I love this text. So I have some lessons to share with you and me as well this morning here. And let's go for the first one. First one is there's a big difference between serving and being subservient. Um, let's go deep on this. So some people when they, I don't know, for example, they had a bad experience in life. Um, they were at some point... Um, ostracized or mistreated or abused or molested at some point, it's possible, one of the signs, there is many, one of the signs is possible to become very, very, very subservient. It's not conscient. It's unconscious, unconscient, unconscious. So I need to please people all the time because I depend on them or their approval. And then I'm serving, not only because I want to serve, I'm serving to receive some approval. I'm serving out of my pain or my hurts or, or my weakness. I'm, I'm serving because I need acceptance and love all the time. That's why I'm serving, serving, serving. This is subservience. Subservience is when we are allowing ourselves to become intoxicated with the notion of worthiness. To serve is not to be subservient. What Jesus is doing, he's teaching that to serve, you need to be actually to be strong to serve. Let's dig deeper more here. Um, when I'm serving, I'm not doing because I'm weak. I'm doing because I'm strong. Because another sign of someone who came from 
traumas in his life is another extreme, thirst for power, to show authority or power, influence, things like this. Because when they were vulnerable, it didn't end well. So I'll never put myself again in that place of vulnerability because I don't trust in you. And, and that's why I'm on hard to live with. Because if you say something that triggers a button, I'll be hard on you. I'll be defensive. I'll be attack on you because I'm not strong enough to feel vulnerable. So the big me is protecting the little me. That's why you need to be strong to serve. When we read in verse 1 and 3 that Jesus knew. So in verse 3 says, he knew that the Father had put all things under his power. But verse 3 comes after verse 2. And verse 2 is saying that Satan was there. In Judah's heart. So he knew that Judas would uh, betray him and Peter deny him. And the text is not saying Jesus felt. It's saying Jesus knew. Even with all this information around the table, looking to those guys, to that guys around him, and looking to the future, to the cross, and all the circumstances, he was secure. He knew he came from the Father. He was returning to the Father. He knew about his mission identity. He knew what he was. He was there in this mission. That's why he could serve, not out of pain or subservience or to show that he was the boss, but because he was strong enough to be God on his knees washing our feet. I like this quote from Martin Luther King when he said, Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You didn't have to have a college degree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. How was the first verse we read in John 13? Just before the Passover, Jesus knew that the, uh, the hour had come for him and lived his word, having loved his own. He's serving because he loves. So when you are serving, you're not being subservient, you're not being weak, you're not showing authority or boss, it's because you love. That's why love is a strong thing. That's why you need to be strong to serve. And now I like this next uh, verse here. Uh, verse 4. He took off his older clothing or he need lay aside. I need to lay aside something in order to serve. Uh, I cannot serve and, and don't have any sacrifice. In order to serve, I need to lay aside something. I need some sacrifice. Uh, we are in a culture where we are becoming less human beings and more consumers. Consumerist? Consumers? Everything is about to be served. So you go for everywhere, people are trying to please you. It's amazing because we kind of like, we love, it's easy to get familiar with good stuff. So in 2018, we had our first trip as a family to Spain, the first one. And, and we, we, we were in that kind of package. What's the name? All-inclusive. Yeah. They gave you, what's the name? The, uh? Wrist. 
band. And you can eat like a Viking. <laughs> the whole time, there is no rules, not three meals a day, 14 meals. <laughs> it was so funny when we arrived there. Well, I don't remember what time it was. It was very late. The kids, they were hungry. And then the lady in the checking, she said, oh, yeah, we have a, a little thing over there. You can eat. I was expecting that kind of uh, crisps machine. You know, you put a coin and was a buffet, like this size here, and everything. What is this? Just a snack? And then we spend that few days being served. Amazing. And the same mindset we have for everything. We go for the places when we are consuming all the time, and we want to be served and everything. Why not in the church? We are, we are in this generation where church becomes, in many places, more entertainment. So we come to the church, we watch service, and we go home, and, and, and sometimes we really complain, oh, I didn't like that song today, or that preacher, oh, so weird accent. We are consuming all the time, all the time, consuming, consuming. And, and, and this is the other way around here. So in order to serve, I need to lay aside something. My time, maybe. Time, the most precious thing we have. It's not the car, housing, bank account. It's your time. You can never buy more time. When you are serving someone, you are putting your time. You are saying yes to someone, say no to yourself. If you agree in that WhatsApp message, oh, could you blah, 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 blah. Yes. You're trapped. <laughs> you need to go now. Maybe your ego. I love church. Church put all of us in the same level. So outside, you can be an engineer on NASA, whatever it is. In the church, you are one of us. We're just a brother and a sister, and you are here to serve. There is no title. It's funny when I need to talk not only with Brazilian pastors, but in other nations as well, or, and to explain such biblical word like apostles, the first understanding is a title, is a hierarchy, is a level of... A gold ring or something. And I'm talking about this. I'm talking about the gift. And you need to explain. Because you have this mindset about the big guy. Or to be served all the time. So maybe I need to lay aside my ego. My time. My temper. My mood swings. My attitude. To serve. To do the things not on my way only. Okay, let's serve, let's cook all together. And you put that three or four or five uh, men or ladies together in the same kitchen. Wow, it's a war. They want to do it in their own way. Oh, you're wrong, and you're wrong. And then, then to serve is to lay aside all of this to serve. It's not easy to serve. Not easy to serve. So, he laid aside his garments. And then to serve. And then we have these guys around the table. I love them. <laughs> the disciples. And of course, we have Peter. The only one who raised his hand. Oh, wait, 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 Jesus. No, 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 no. James, John, everybody was fine. But Peter? Peter is this guy, like I was saying, he doesn't have an internal voice, only external one. He always gets it right in the second time. <laughs> and <laughs> you never wash my feet. He was not humble enough to be served by Jesus. And this is the kind of, uh, how can I put
put this in English, uh, a disguised pride. When, you know, this kind of people don't tell names, of course, <laughs> please, but they never allow you to help them because they are all the time very spiritual and strong. Uh, people who don't allow you to step in and, 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 and to serve somehow. I don't know, that's fine. You don't need to wash. But you're dirty. Let me wash. No, no, no. I'm okay. I can deal with this. We have this. And, and, and you know, in this text, and the whole New Testament, or in the Gospels, you know all the time what Peter is thinking. You know all the time what Peter is doing. But you don't know what Judas is thinking. You don't know what he's doing because he's polite, quiet, well-behaved. In the same table. If you could be there in that table and say, guys, who do you think could be the, the imposter, the traitor? traitor? Everybody would say, Peter, of course. <laughs> so evident, this Peter, look, he never agrees with nothing. He's annoying. But Judas, no, come on, Judas. Some of us, we have a secret life. Um... Sometimes I am like Peter. Sometimes I'm like Judas. Sometimes I don't agree with God. I think God is taking too much time to fix it, my situation. To fix my situation. Or I think he needs to fix my situation. <clears throat> Sometimes I disagree with him or I don't understand him. And I feel sad with him. I was talking with uh, my brother in Brazil is gathering a group, a core group to plant a church. And one of the ladies of the group, she was really sad because she lost uh, her brother. A very sad story. He passed away. And she said to him, I'm so sad and angry with God because of his brother. And then my brother asked her, are you sad and angry with God because of your brother or because every death. It's a long list of very sad stories. And sometimes I'm like Peter, no, 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 Jesus, no. Don't touch in this part of my life. Not in my marriage, not in my business, not in my future, not in my dreams, not in my ministry. I have plans to your church, Jesus. You see, we are going to plant a church this year, five churches in these places, and we are extending the building, and you are growing. Blah, blah, blah. So you see my plans, Jesus, for your church? This is Peter. This is me sometimes. But sometimes I don't want to share nothing with him. Sometimes I have secret life, secret sins. Sometimes some of us, we are opening new tabs in your internet and watching things that, that we think God's not seeing. Even our spouse doesn't know what's in our hearts. Our husbands, the intentions, the motivations, but we are there in the same church, in the same table, in the same group of Jesus, on Jesus' team. I love when I see the disciples because I feel identified with them. Maybe it's time to be exposed by God's word this morning. Who has never gotten their feet dirty on the way? Judas, Peter, me, 
you is impossible to go through this life without the dust of life clinging is the word our feet you see even pastors let me talk about myself when I was a, a kid my dad used to watch or have a TV very big black and white okay the rainbow was black and white so many years ago and and we have I think two or three TV, uh, uh, TV channels. No remote control. You had this TV here, you need to change it to, 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 to change the. And someone on the roof changing the. <laughs> right, left. Okay, now. And I feel not, I'm not so old, I'm not so young. I, I don't have. I don't have friends. <laughs> so, I don't know where I can, where can I fit. So, many years ago. And we had in Brazil, maybe here as well, I don't know. It was so expensive to broadcast something with satellites and everything, millions of dollars, a TV preacher called Jim Swagger. And my father used to watch. Sometimes he liked it, sometimes don't, because he was very, uh, I don't know, legalist. But it was the only guy we could watch. Later on, we had some Billy Graham, but on, on the TV, it was so difficult. And Jimmy Swaggart, he had a huge ministry, and he's still preaching. He's still doing his ministry. He's nearly 90 years old, I don't know. And, and he was a, a great, great evangelist with lots of crusades. And everybody knows, on the 80s, he had this big scandal on his ministry. His ministry was moving around the planet, millions of millions of dollars and crusades. He had a fair with different ladies. Everything comes to the public. It was a big, big problem, big shame. But also, the way he asked for forgiveness was on the TV as well for everybody. And from that point, and I believe in forgiveness and grace, come on, we are here. And he keeps doing his ministry. Okay, but my point is, in an interview, he said many, many years ago about his uh, falling, his dirty feet, his difficult moment, he said, my ministry um, didn't, uh, my ministry was destroyed, let's say, my ministry was bankrupt, not because the scandals was very before this. And I remember the day. And he said, I was in this big football stadium for these crusades, and the staff team, one of the guys came to me. I was about to go to the stage, and the staff team came to me. Oh, Pastor Jimmy, we have, and I don't remember the number. He gave a big number. Lots and lots of people outside the stage. We don't have a space for people anymore. And in that moment, he said, I thought, he's saying, I thought, wow, God, you need my ministry for, for missions in the world, to reach the world. In that moment, my ministry was finished. You see, f f for the devil to destroy a pastor means I don't need to have an affair. I just need to listen to that voice in my heart saying, Well done this morning, Danny. You are awesome. You preached really well. All of us, we can have the feet dirty. Sometimes it's a soft vanity, sometimes it's a self righteousness, sometimes it's a judgment when I'm giving pastoral care for someone, listening to that story, and have judgments in my mind, dirty. All of us. That's why he said in verse 10, wait, you are clean. 
You see, the difference between the gospel and religion is this. In religion, I try to be like Peter. You cannot wash my feet because you are God. I try to clean myself. I try to please God. I try to fix my situations. I try to be nice and good and righteous so I can be accepted by God. I can wash my own dirty. I don't want to share everything with you. This is religion. We try to please God and so hard. God sometimes is so demanding. He's like a big boss, a big manager. I don't know how to deal with this authority who is servant. God come from heaven on his knees to wash my dirty. And more than this, I'm opening the Bible this morning, preaching in his name, me. I, I, I don't want this grace. No, you, you, you cannot wash my feet. But then verse 10, ah, I'd love to be there, to be a mosquito, just to see that moment where he looked to Peter and said, you are clean. Not everybody, because we have the situation with Judas, another conversation, but you are clean. And the Apostle Paul, you say, uh, he says in Philippians, That Jesus, even he was in a very nature, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He laid aside his garments, his glory, his throne, thousands of angels worshiping him to come here and to be born in a very poor place. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in a human likeness. Totally opposite than Isaiah 14, Satan. See, this is Jesus. We are reading Philippians chapter 2. And verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, now God has color of skin, hair, fingers. He can feel, he can drink, he can eat. He felt tired and thirsty and sad and he wept and he rejoiced. Is God with us? Appearance as a man, be, he humbled himself. Nobody was humbling him, making him, humiliating him. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death. On the cross. He came down. Now he's going up. Verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. You see, Satan was trying to exalt himself and God cast him down. Jesus was humbling himself and God exalted him. Every time I put my knees on the ground to serve my brother, to serve a family, to serve a local church... God, you exalted me. So Jesus is being exalted him. Uh, God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That's why he can look to me and you say, hey, I know you're dirty. I know I have secret things in your life. I know sometimes you're like Peter, sometimes you're like Judas. But because of me, you are clean. Because of the cross that the... <clears throat> 
At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if you are here this morning, this is a place for those who feel they're not strong enough. They don't have every answer. They don't know how to cope with situations. They feel sad. They don't know how to please God. They feel lost. If you have sins, you are in the right place. This place is not for perfect people. Because of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God the Father, we can say to each other, hey, you are clean. This is not a competition about sinners. Oh, I have more sin, I have less sin. It's, a, it's like a beggar saying to another beggar where to find bread, where to find food, where to find salvation, where to find forgiveness. You are clean because of the cross. And this is the gospel. The gospel is not about your self-esteem or if you are sad for happy, it's about your salvation and the forgiveness of your sins. And now in that conversation, John 13, we have Philippians 2, we read already, and then he said in verse, which verse? 14, yes. The sentence is amazing. Verse 14, John 13, he said, you also should wash one another's feet. Mm. Because then, if you stop here, you can say, okay, great, amazing, 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 convenient. But now I have a mission. Now I need to wash someone else's feet. Mm. Now I need to serve. Remember, talking about serve, time, ego, all of this. This is the healing. This is God's idea. A community of dirty people wash one another's feet. The name of this is church. That's why God's in a mission. And there is no great commission without church planting. Because people need a community when they can serve each other. Without moral demands, in silence, and reverence. You don't need to explain and to justify your life all the time. Oh no, I have this sin because of this. Because no, no, I'm here just to wash your feet. I'm here to serve you. To, to wash one another's feet. It's 11, nearly 15. We have communion. I'd love to pray uh, with you and for one another. Let's stand and worship. Let's worship, Nathan. And then we still have time to pray for another to come to the table. Now, what this table represents. It's amazing because in chapter 13 to 17 in this series, everything, it's about Jesus Christ. Look here to me, guys. Everything's about Jesus Christ. We can spend, we can spend a long time talking about Bible and some informations about Bible and don't preach about Jesus. So John 13 to 17, the focus, the center of everything is Jesus. And we will worship him now. Now is the time that maybe in the whole week we didn't have time for this. Now is the time for you to confess our sins. To ask forgiveness. Maybe to ask forgiveness even for someone next to you. To pray for your family or someone that you love. If this person is here. If it's not here, you can, you can pray for this person. And it's a time to come to the table. To receive forgiveness and grace. But also, to lay your heart before the Lord. But please, 
please ask this to Lord, to the Lord this morning before you leave this building. Lord, how can I wash someone's feet? How can I serve this local community? How can I come to my knees? I don't have thirst for power. I don't have thirst to be the boss. I just want to serve like you did. I invite Mark here to share with us a word. Do we have a mic? Maybe this mic here? Yeah, that mic? Okay. And then uh, we can worship. Yeah, sorry to. I just came to Steve and said, I'm not sure I want to share now. <laughs> because, wow, Danny, thank you. Thank you. We've been on a journey this morning. I, I don't know if you've kind of observed it. Those of us who came to the pre church prayer meeting come at 9.15 uh, we had a word that, that Malcolm brought uh, and it was all about uh, I seem to have heard a lot this morning about God who he is and what that means and the two words that, that came to me during that pre-church thing and I just felt at the end of the worship time and I was questioning whether to bring but Steve encouraged me that really this is all that Danny's been talking about two big words transcendence and intimacy because we have a big God did you say Danny you reminded us of the scripture where the angels were worshipping Jesus our God cast the, the, the stars into the sky he created the universe he sang over creation he breathed the world into being the Holy Spirit was over the waters at the beginning he was big he is big he's still big But he's next to me now too. He's intimate with me. And I just feel the word, and I hope it doesn't cut across anything you've said, Danny, because that's amazing. He wants to be intimate with you. Are you in a place to be intimate with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Sovereign, the Creator of the universe, the one who sang the universe into being? But he wants to take you in his arms now. And he wants to hold you and say, I love you. I I want to forgive you and bring you into a new and give you the hope and the future that I have for you. Will you take that on board? Lord, come. Holy Spirit, would you fall on us all? Holy Spirit, would you fall now? As the worship team take us forward, we just want to hear your small voice. We want to feel your breath on our cheeks. Come, Holy Spirit, wash over us now. Do a new work in this church. Do a new work. Transform lives. Those of us who have been apart, draw us close. Those of us who have been scared, give us courage. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Do your thing. Change our lives. Make us more like Jesus. Let us move into the hope and the future, the future that you have for us.